cosplay, courtrooms, and jorts on today's episode of the Booterverse. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 41 of the Booterverse. This is the last in our series from Lexicon 2015, and we were so happy to be a part of that. On today's episode, we have Ace and M from Cosplay Casturbarus with us, Judy Scheinbaum answers their questions, and of course we've got a Booter thought for you, all on today's episode of the Booterverse. Today's episode of the Booterverse was brought to you by AstroTurf. AstroTurf. It's the only fake grass I like to play on. And now for news, in my orbit. Undeterred by his defeat in the second round of a charity boxing match against Evander Holyfield, Mitt Romney has announced his plans to become a professional boxer. In a brief press conference earlier this week, the former governor and presidential hopeful said he was working with a manager to arrange his next bout. As of now, that looks like it will be with an auto mechanic from Flint, Michigan, named Carlton. Romney admitted that facing a former world heavyweight champion in his first outing would be a tough act to follow, but that he had high hopes for his career going forward. Romney was taken to task by reporters for his apparent non-boxerly physique and questionable level of fitness. But Romney was quick to point out his dominance in the Romney Olympics. A sport he invented, which includes such activities as hitting chairs with a football, hanging from a bar, and hammering ten nails into a wooden pole. He bragged of having a resting heart rate of 40 beats per minute and said that the size of his prostate has been greatly exaggerated. It's fine, Romney said, adding that maybe he should fight his urologist because he's been taking a poke at me for years. When asked if his fighting nickname would be Storm and Mormon, Romney said that he'd actually been thinking of Big Mitt, because it's, quote-unquote, a word that kind of means the same as glove. Like, boxing. Get it? He refused to comment on whether that was also what his wife calls him in private. And while he admittedly does have a tough road ahead in terms of building his credibility, if he's looking for opponents, Romney can always take on Harry Reid. This time, evading Reed's jabs hopefully won't involve answering tough questions about income taxes. Romney himself has admitted that he doesn't have much of a right hook, but he does say he can be quite formidable when he has somebody's ear. Let's just hope there's a matchup between Big Mitt and Mike Tyson sometime in the future. Moving from the boxing ring to the courtroom, a Colorado man accused of violating a protection order brought a stuffed owl with alleged law degrees from Yale, Harvard, and Stanford to court in lieu of a public defender. Charles Abbott of Aspen has been accused of violating a protection order taken out by a former roommate. The defendant walked in and placed the fuzzy-horned bird on the table in front of him during his Tuesday appearance in Pitkin County Court. This was all before he introduced the owl as his attorney. He's a very sensitive guy and has these degrees, Abbott said, I think he'll be able to represent me just fine. The judge proceeded to ignore the owl, which Abbott repeatedly referred to as Solomon. Abbott eventually became quite upset that his counsel was being slighted and threatened to walk out of the hearing. 
the judge acknowledged Abbott's concerns, but pointed out that the owl wasn't even real. It's a stuffed toy, he said. It isn't even one of those fake owls designed to scare off other birds. I've known a few attorneys like that, but this thing has absolutely no purpose. And in the end, the owl really didn't seem to have much impact on the court's proceedings. Apart from registering a comment that the former roommate was wearing an L.L. Bean flannel shirt that belonged to the defendant, Solomon was otherwise silent. The protection order was upheld, but there were no other penalties imposed on Abbott. Several onlookers were impressed, however. One of them, once a defendant himself, said the owl was better than his own public defender. I was innocent, the man said, and I still got probation. This guy still gets to go to church with that dude. I mean, bake sales, man. Bake sales. I should have had an owl. It's still too early to say if owls, stuffed or otherwise, would make good lawyers, or if, like Solomon, they just might not give a hoot. In small suburban news, when you stand on the shores of the suburban landscape, one has to wonder what is private anymore. If you go to a small town in upstate New York, it's golf courses. Who wants to see all those men in tank tops adjusting their swing? Who wants to see those beer cart wenches in whatever it is they're wearing, or not? Well, a lot of people. Still, the city council voted overwhelmingly to take those things to private courses, where it is hoped that the only handicap they'll have to deal with is the mayors on hole number three. In fact, the council has decided to stop funding all other public institutions, from schools to parks to roller rinks. Who really needs to put up with Billy's snotty nose in third period or all those people in rental skates doing the electric slide? What does it benefit society to have public spaces that encourage the beer gut, the city council said? It's a public safety issue. Whether it's too much Molson at the snack bar or too many chicken nuggets in Little Bobby's lunch, it all boils down to the matter of public health. There are only so many jorts one can stomach before we have to start worrying about calling in a psychiatrist or a priest, one councilwoman said, and that's no good either way. The council worries about the kind of exposure jorts bring to public spaces, but at least on private courses, there's a dress code. The council estimated that they could save nearly $10 million a year by privatizing their city spaces, saying, we needed our sand trap to stop being a money trap. And for those worried that these maneuvers will infringe on the town people's civil rights, the council suggested those individuals just need to play on through. And that's been it for News in My Orbit. Hi, it's Glenn McDougall here for Dumbbells. That's right, Dumbbells. That's what people used to call the Scottish. And then we started throwing logs at them. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Booterverse. I am sitting here with two special guests. I have Ace and M here from Cosplay Casturbris. Nope. Yes, Casturbris. There we go. Oh wow, I'm already being I'm already being corrected. My my cosplay knowledge, Doctor Who knowledge, already being uh, already being yeah. Mm. It's okay. I challenge with love. You challenge in love. I love yes. that. Now, how did you guys get started in cosplay? In cosplay or as a cosplay group? Either or. Because the cosplay cast, uh, <laughs> cosplay cast over us was completely accidental. <laughs> a lot of things are completely accidental. Yeah, it, it started with, um, hey, I, I bet if we build a TARDIS, we can probably go to conventions. And it, it happened, and we, we've gained and lost people along the way. But everything that's happened, nothing, nothing was intentional. 
and it's all fallen into place in this wonderful, wonderful, grand lifestyle of a thing. Which is wonderful. Uh, we, we essentially, uh, Ace was my best friend, and uh, our ninth doctor uh, brought his best friend, and then we found our rose at DragonCon. As one does. As one does. I found we're a few things at DragonCon, but it was never a rose. <laughs> we're rather fond of our rose. Uh, she's she's pretty special, and um, we just kind of it just kind of snowballed. We met people and talked to people, and they invited us, and and we kept getting invited because of word of mouth. And then we bought a better TARDIS, mm-hmm. and we actually um, we won a Dalek in a raffle. <laughs> <laughs> you won a Dalek in a raffle. Now your Dalek actually has a name. His right? Dalek Chad. Dalek, yes, Chad. Dalek Chad. Dalek Chad was up for raffle at a convention, uh, uh, and Chad was was up for raffle, and we won, and we saw the absolute craftsmanship that went into him. It's a it's a guy named Marcus. He's actually from uh, Chattanooga. Uh, well, well, he lives in Chattanooga. Well, he's from North England. Yeah, and he's, As he's one is he's a very very angry Northern British man, and we're like you know Marcus, we've seen your work because. Chad is 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 beautifully constructed from from plans uh, for the fourth Doctor episode, Remembrance of the Daleks. I think so. Is it? Marcus will probably it's correct us later. Probably something of the Daleks, though that doesn't really limit it much. And we said, Marcus, your craftsmanship is amazing, and we've seen the detail, the level of detail you put into this, and our goal is a sort of screen accuracy kind of goal. We try to do the absolute most accurate costumes. We try to do the most accurate accents. You know, we all have very specific hairstyles and and Chad is it looks like he's rolled straight off screen. And so we told Marcus we're like, "Look, we want people to be absolutely immersed in Doctor Who when they come see us. We want to interact with them in character. We want to make them feel like they're in the show." Because that's that's what people enjoy is that's that level of immersion. And we said we want a screen accurate ninth Doctor TARDIS, and he said okay. And we said um, we want it to be uh, Chris Eccleston's. We need we need the right paint color. We need the right, all right. But we also need it to fold up and fit with Chad in a five by eight trailer. And Marcus's response was what the. F- in hell and you and and just on on and on and on he was very very uh unabashed in his response but he did take on the challenge and from the outside we do have christopher eccleston's tardis but on the inside it uh it all it will fold down and collapse and it the dalek and all of the uh cosplay merchandise that we make and sell will fit in a five by eight trailer wow that's impressive from a spatial perspective for sure oh yeah uh we went to A&G, uh, A&G Con in Cincinnati, Ohio last month, mm-hmm. and um, they were really excited because they were getting us when we were, we were bringing TARDIS in, and they, they saw our trailer, and we're like, oh, that's not going to be worth anything. <laughs> that's not going to be full size. That's not going to be any fun. And then they saw us taking things out of the TARDIS, and then they saw us taking or out of the TARDIS, out of the trailer. It's bigger on the inside. <laughs> it always is. They saw us taking more things out of the trailer, and more. And you could see their eyes just continue to widen as we pulled all of the bits and of, a Dalek and, and a Dalek, 
and an entire store's worth of merchandise out of the trailer. And once we got it assembled, everyone was standing around just kind of going, oh, it's so where, pretty. Where did you buy that trailer? <laughs> Gallifrey. I knew. I mean, it was on sale, right? <laughs> well, you know, they had it going out of business sale. Oh, <laughs> that's harsh. Now, is it too rudimentary or silly to ask who your favorite doctor is, Em? Well, there are several responses I could give to that question. I have one. I now, have... Ace, give him a chance. Give him a chance. <laughs> I generally tend to see the doctor as one person. Okay. Uh, with several different personality changes. Now, I have several storylines and doctors whose personalities I prefer. Um, out of the whole group, I'd say I could share equal love among five, nine, and ten. Five, nine, and ten. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are my three favorites with my favorite stories and my favorite personality quirks. But at, in general, I consider them all to be one man, and I'm going to give the uh, microphone to my best friend, Mel. He is chomping at the bit. Um, yes, it's actually a banana muffin. Um, <laughs> mm, I love a good banana muffin. The bit works too. Do you think the doctor ever ate a banana muffin? I am almost certain the doctor invented banana muffins. <laughs> you think he invented it? I oh, mean, absolutely. Pudding, fish sticks. Mm. You know, have you ever just woken up in the morning and wanted something really stupid to eat? That's yes. sort of like what regeneration is, I'm mm. fairly certain. Just um, kind of waking up from a new, right. and you're hungry. Pregnant, but you're having cravings for yourself. Mm. I did create a new being, so you, you know it counts for for. That actually explains a lot. Okay, See? had canon accepted. Mm. Uh, as, wow, as this far just as happened. <laughs> you guys just agreed on something. It was a beautiful moment. I'm glad it happened here on the podcast. As far as favorite doctors go, I am 100% in the corner with M, where the doctor regenerates for a reason. He's still the same person. His outer shell has changed. I like to explain it to people like, you are not the same person you were in seventh grade. You know, in most cases, thank God. <laughs> no I'm one is exactly <laughs> the same person I was when I well, was shoved out of the womb. Right. Well, no, no one, I'm, you, I'm you're not the same person, but you're still the same person. It's true. With and even so better hair. Can you imagine? Not and not a, a Wow. And a better beard. That's gorgeous, true. Mm, gorgeous. Thank you. And you have lovely hair yourself. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Matt's floof is a... Is a uh, Could I call it a quaff, perhaps? You can if you want. I'd, oh, I want. Okay. Well, you can... Booter yes, wants. Abs- booter, 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 booter gets what Booter wants. God. That's your straight. new t-shirt slogan. Booter gets what Booter wants. Mm-hmm. Holla. Mm. Don't don't do the holla. No, is, that, that, is that too much? You're limiting your demographic. No, I'm trying to expand my demographic. <laughs> I really want I, I want to reach to the masses. All right. Listen, if I could go back in time, why would I? What do you what, what do you mean if? if? Didn't we just get done explaining that we have a TARDIS? You did in fact explain it and you didn't invite me to come on. Well, that's because I can't finish talking about doctors. A lot of people can. I'm going to finish talking about doctors. Do it. I have, have been so entrenched. I actually do a panel on the doctor being the exact same person. And you can draw parallels from classic who to new. Every doctor has immediate parallels to, to every other doctor. My, my One of my absolute favorites is actually in the Doctor Who movie. It starts with Sylvester McCoy's doctor sitting in the TARDIS, reading a book, and drinking tea, and listening to his uh, uh, gramophone or phonograph. I'd don't really know the difference but you're gonna uh, you know, need to, you're gonna need to look that up i will i will I'll do that immediately after this 
But he goes out, you know, gets shot and killed in a gang war because that's apparently how Americans make Doctor Who. But at the very end of the movie, the eighth Doctor, played by Paul McGann, goes back in, turns back his turn, turns his music on, gets himself a cup of tea, and starts his book right where he was. And it's just yes, I look completely different, I sound completely different, but internally, he's he's exactly the same. And it's it's almost gotten to the point where like it's hard for me to see Chris Eccleston, David Tennant, and Matt Smith as different people <laughs> anymore. We've talked before the podcast. You actually do in depth study on the characters, the character development, the character writing. And it's really wonderful to see that you guys have actually taken your love of a series and you have utilized that and, and, and not co-opted it, but you've taken that love and you're sharing it with other people. And, and that's wonderful. Right. The two of us are, are actually working together on writing a Doctor Who fan series that will be on YouTube. It's called Doctor Who Echo of Time. Um, it does feature uh, our regeneration of the 13th Doctor immediately post-Capaldi, and the companion is the Doctor's daughter, Jenny. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, too. I, I think it's going to be a whole too, lot yeah. of fun, but that's that's a lot of where the character study comes from. Also, because we spend so much time interacting with people in character, it can't all just be quotes from the show. They know that. They, they, they want their own adventure with the Doctor. So, Why do you think the Doctor and the Doctor Who series has been so popular and reached so many people, not just because of its longevity. Certainly there has to be something more than just that it's been on for a really long time. I think uh, Doctor Who has been a lot of different shows over the years. You know, it started off as a children's educational show. It kind of turned into like a Victorian mystery show for a little while. And uh, with the reboot, it it was uh, very, very, sort of a drama with a lot of emotions and, and, and things like that and it's it's more pure sci-fi these days mm-hmm. and uh, but at the heart of Doctor Who is that there is always hope um, there's always hope and even a normal person who works in a shop and just does normal boring everyday things you know you can't save enough money at the end of the day the doctor's gonna think you're special even if no one else does and that is I think the draw of Doctor Who a lot of it too is the fact that there may not be a lot of good in the world but the good that is is worth saving Mm. those are wonderful words wow we've gotten really deep (laughs) We're really, really passionate about this we, show. We, we, we really like Doctor Who. <laughs> just a little. Now, just, just a little bit. Now, honestly, you've liked it so much that you've literally built a life around it. Yes. Not only do you yes. build your TARDIS when you go to conventions, but your livelihood is based on this show. Do you have as much fun and enjoyment making items for individuals and sharing those with individuals as they do getting them? Okay, yes, 100%. Uh, in July 2011, I opened an Etsy store. God bless Etsy. Called Bad Wolf Cosplay, huh. which is going to be easy for any... Who's your favorite character, Doctor? I love Rose. You love her. I do. Oh, God, so much. Actually, our Rose is my girlfriend. Aww. Not for that reason, but, you know, it, it helps. It just kind of happened. It, it's really cute. <laughs> See, I didn't even know. You guys didn't even share, and now it's on the podcast. It's beautiful. Yeah. So you actually get, oh. Did you not see them cuddling? Really? No, I did not see them cuddling. I don't it's, like we, to okay, intrude okay. on I wanna one's say, cuddling. Not, 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 I'm not going to be like, oh, no, we weren't cuddling, but but it, it really is like 50 degrees over there. <laughs> 
Perhaps and it's more of a canoodle. Well, she was wearing <laughs> uh, the, the tooth and claw outfit yesterday, which she is one item away from having a completely screen accurate tooth and claw outfit. She's only missing the boots. She has the boots, but in the wrong color. Um, <laughs> the wrong it's, color. It's very frustrating, and and it breaks my heart that a lot of people will come in and immediately recognize uh, the doctor and River and Rory, but they'll pass over Rose, and it breaks my heart. First off, because she's my favorite person in real life, she's my favorite person in sci-fi, or just or fiction, fiction in general. <laughs> Same here. Um, but the fact that her costumes are always so perfect and dead on, but since Rose is human and buys clothes from human shops that she works in. She just looks like she's dressed for a day out. Yeah, a day out in London. My favorite outfit was the uh, Union Jack shirt. She's got that one too. It's one of my favorites, but our nine wasn't with us this time and the two of them together are just absolutely adorable. Oh, I was just gonna say, if you you look at her clothes, you, you, they're, they're perfect. Like you're, not gonna see any closer to a Rose Tyler than you will look at her. I'm so proud of her every time I, <laughs> I see her because Rose is my favorite character, even as as cosplaying River. That that I I don't know. I get overwhelmed with feels every time I see her. So I wish more people would would recognize her when they come out. Can can I brag on our other guys? Yes, for please. a minute. Okay, we we have we have five members uh, in cosplay cast Cerberus. Um, I do the 11th Doctor, M does River Song. Hello. Uh, Amy does Rose, <laughs> which is confusing sometimes. Because uh, when you called Amy. her Amy, right. I thought maybe she would be an Amy right. Pond if at we, some point. If we are trying to distinguish between you know her and the character, we will actually call her non-pond. Non-pond, I love that. Yeah. So we've got, we've got non-pond playing uh, Rose, and we have uh, Jeffrey, is Rory, and he is our most recent addition. Um, he's actually been with us for a while in a in a helpfulness capacity, but he's only recently started cosplaying. But he does Vampires of Venice, Rory, where oh, he's man. got yes, the the course. heart shirt and the Rory stag on the back and the puffy blue vest, and it's really fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, Sean, who also couldn't make it, is an absolute dead ringer for the Ninth Doctor. Like he needs about twenty more years on his face, and he. People mistake him for Chris Huckleston, and then they realize he's too young. But he's he's just just fantastic. amazing. Yes, he's <laughs> That's fantastic. The only word for That's it. That's really. the only word for it. Wow! I can tell you guys, th- this is amazing. This is great. You guys are not just doing cosplay, and this isn't just your livelihood. But you can tell you're really growing and and developing a family here, and this is wonderful. At this time in the show, I'll give each of you a chance. We give our guests the opportunity to say whatever they wish to our listening audience. It could be about Doctor Who. It could be anything you want. And I'll, I'll M, would you like to start? Or Ace, would you like to start? Uh, I, I know what I'm going to say. So, so if you need time. Um, I, first of all, I'm going to say I really um, want to encourage people who love cosplay. Uh, whatever you can manage, whatever you can do, if it's the best you can do, then do it. You took what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. You're fine, I'll think of something else. <laughs> think oh, of something you else. guys are You're sharing quick on your a feet. brain. You guys are sharing a brain right We've now. known each other for a really long time. It's actually not really been that long of a time. It feels like you have a time machine. Shut up. Well, <laughs> for them, it's not that long of a time. No, we've, we've been best friends for four years. Something like that. Four years, something like that. And um, But like whatever you can do, um, 
do your best and you know don't worry about a friend of mine uh says that screen accuracy is a disease (laughs) and and what what that means is that once you start doing it you're not going to be able to stop doing it and it's very expensive don't let other people's um efforts make you feel bad about yourself because if you're doing the best you can um that is the best you can do and it's wonderful Uh, The only person you need to be in competition with when you cosplay is yourself, is really what it boils down to, because... Much more eloquent. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, if if you want to go to Goodwill and get a tweed jacket and an old bow tie, everyone is going to recognize you as the 11th Doctor. Like, no, it's not going to be screen accurate. You know, no, it's not a Victorian gender-flipped version. You know, no, it's not... You know, I've seen a fantastic... Playboy Bunny 11th Doctor. <laughs> That's not any less of a cosplay than a, a screen-accurate uh, piece. It, it's, a, it's a completely different form of costuming. Our goal is screen accuracy, but that that's not, we don't do that to be better than other people. We do that to get people involved uh, because people can can immerse themselves in the show and they're, they're, they're seeing, you know, the clothes and they're seeing the TARDIS and they can experience Doctor Who in a way that they can't just sitting sitting at home on their on their tele- uh, watching television. I just want to say the fulfillment that we get from doing our job is watching other people get immersed in the world. We do have a good time when we do this mm-hmm. because uh, you know that's 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 what our love for Doctor Who is what brings it. But we don't do this so we can have a good time. We do this so everybody else can have a good time. That. That is that is why I come out and and dress up and put on the curly wig and you know and the fake accent and because I was walking the Dragon Con parade mm-hmm. and there was this teeny tiny little girl and she reached up and said River you're my favorite <laughs> and I almost broke down into tears because she was so excited to see me and that moment was the entire reason I do anything here is because they get so wrapped up and she thought I was River Song. Yes, that's exactly it. That That is the highest compliment for a screen accurate cosplayer is to be mistaken for your character and make somebody do a double take. Um, interaction is is really the, the best part of this. Noel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, no, I'm gonna say this instead. Noel Clark, who played Mickey Smith, would not let Rose go. <laughs> First of all, I want to say that we kept passing him at Dragon Con uh, two years ago. Was no, it, it was last was year. Was it last yeah. year? Um, uh, and every time he would walk by Amy with his security detail, our Amy, he would do a double take. Like, I didn't know Billy was going to be here. <laughs> and then when we finally got to him. He just, he just, he just opened his arms real big and, and hugged her and like started rocking her back and forth and then went to let go and was like, no (laughs) and and i'm like okay 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 you're done because i'm 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 dressed as the doctor obviously and he's like it's very very nice so you've got you've got a lovely girlfriend i'm like yeah thanks ricky (laughs) (laughs) it's mickey and and his reaction let me know that even if he is sick of that joke that particular one was pretty well timed we've had a lot of really good experiences uh, with with the actors from the show, that was uh, Colin Baker too. <laughs> if you ever get a chance to meet Colin Baker, please, please go and see him. Colin told me that Rose was lovely, and I needed to bugger off out of his photo. <laughs> well, speaking of buggering off, 
Ace, and we are so glad that you joined us on the show, and we will be right back right after this. Today's episode of The Booterverse is brought to you by 20-Sided Dice. 20-Sided Dice. The real question is, what are they compensating for? It's now that time in the show where our guests ask Judy Scheinbaum any question they want on a segment we like to call The Last Lung with Judy. Judy, take it away. Oh, hello, Emery. It's so good to be here. I am sitting down with Ace and M. You guys are wonderful. I hear you have some questions. Ask away. Um, hello, Judy. This is the doctor, and I've got a question. Um, I have been through several, several iterations of hairstyles, um, both in, in texture, um, color, and, um, fluffiness. And I just have to absolutely ask, how do you get your hair to do that lovely thing that you've done? Sweetie, the beehive, anybody can do it. I tell you what, all you need is a bottle of hairspray. And a beehive. That's right. Of course, I put that in there. It's great. We have some honey coming out. It's wonderful. It's like a honeysuckle sandwich. I'm sure you've had one of those. But, you know, really, seriously, I have a hairdresser. His name is Raul, and he's a lovely man, and he just zhuzhes it up for me, and, you know, there it is. Bing, bang, boom. I think I've met um, Raul the zhuzhuzhuzh before, so that's that's good. I've got a contact. I'm excited. Thank you very much, Judy. You, you are so welcome. Look at you. You're a doll. Judy, how would you keep a wayward Time Lord from running off? How would I keep a what? A time lord. Usually the men I date, you know, they're done in about a minute, so they could certainly use a little bit more time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do, in fact, know what you mean. Oi! There is oying. What is happening? Where are we? Is this the Bronx? What is this, Brooklyn? What is happening over here? Bronx Planet or Bronx Region of New York? Who is this? Emery, what is happening? I don't understand what we're doing. What is this? What is happening right now? I have two lovely people in front of me. Hello? Hello? Well, it's Marsha Houlihan here from Mishawaka, Wisconsin, and let me tell you, I'm here to promote tall kitchen garbage bags. Let me tell you, when you've just shot a buck, there's nothing better to haul that carcass away in than tall kitchen garbage bags. And now, for today's Booter Thought. I don't support shaving. Now a little grooming goes a long way. Facial hair is the hallmark of a great man. Let's be honest. Think of all the men in our history that have had facial hair. Paul Bunyan. And Billy Mays. And of course there was, you know, Paul Bunyan. It is ingrained in our history that a beard says, I'm a man worth procreating with. And I think hipsters have figured that out. Now... I know what you're going to say. Let's shave the hipsters. Well, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But a public shaving seems like the biggest humiliation of all. As if skinny jeans weren't bad enough, walking around with a bare face just seems too much to bear. But a beard doesn't mean that you have to look like Walt Whitman or Rip Van Winkle. What you need to do is approach your facial hair, and that includes you two ladies, with a semblance of care. Throw some beard oil in there or petroleum jelly, and you're going to look like a million bucks. And remember, if somebody can't ski off your beard, you're just not trying hard enough. So for me and my kin, don't shave, go ahead and groom. And that's been it for today's Booter Thought. Here at the Booterverse, we'd like to send a special thanks to Ace and M for being on the show. We'd also like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Of course, we'd like to thank Courtney and Sonny, who help on the production side, 
and to Quadrants, who composed our theme song. If you haven't had enough of me here, I'm also everywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the handle TheBooter. And of course, we're also on Pinterest, because, you know, men should be on Pinterest? I know interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away.